Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, but if you guys hear some noise in the background... We still have puppies. We have unruly puppies. Yes. So, uh, they they might get a little loud, so, you know. Yeah, so just... Just, just bear with us, guys. Bear with they're us. They're going to be gone in the next couple weeks. Hopefully so. <laughs> Alright, so we got, of course, to recap, WWE's WrestleMania's Backlash. Yes, WrestleMania's we're still confused by that, but, you know, it is what it is. Let's go. Let's go for it. So, the kickoff match featured U.S. champ Sheamus open, having an open challenge but not putting his title on the line, and Ricochet answered the call. Ricochet, though, could not overcome the United States champion Sheamus in the non-title bout at the WrestleMania Backlash kickoff, but he did leave with the last laugh. While the Celtic Warrior issued the open challenge, he declined to put the title on the line, Still, Ricochet, a former United States champion in his own right, sought to put himself in line for a potential future title opportunity. Ricochet dug deep into his jaw-dropping tricks after a furious comeback, though he couldn't keep Sheamus down. The champion dodged Ricochet's 630 splash and blasted his his foe with a huge knee for the win. Sheamus was intent on congratulating himself um, afterward until Ricochet swiped his trademark coat and hat and tried it on for size after knocking the Celtic Warrior out of the ring, leaving him humiliated and infuriated despite the victory. Oh, nothing better than an angry Irishman. Uh, <laughs> better, but sure, we'll go with that. Uh, I don't know, man. You get a little bit of color to him. He's not pasty white. That's true. I mean, <laughs> this does look like a giant jar of mayonnaise, as John Cena liked to say. <laughs> but on that, I mean, it's obviously another good victory for Sheamus. Um, though, catching the ire of... The Irishman is not a good oh. thing for Ricochet. 
my thing is, what's up with the open challenge without putting the title on the line? That's kind of crappy if you ask me. I don't know. I mean, you are the United States champion, right? I Yeah, well. United um, States Open Challenge? Come on. Yeah, it. I guess it's just one of those things where it is what it is. I guess. I guess. It's, not, it's creative for you. It's WWE creative, which has infuriated fans for quite some time now. Let's go. All right, Raw Women's Championship triple threat match featuring the champion Rhea Ripley versus Asuka versus Charlotte. Rhea Ripley managed to pass her first major test as Raw Women's Champion with flying colors. The Nightmare survived both Asuka and Charlotte Flair in a star-studded triple threat match to retain her WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania Backlash. Charlotte was added to this match by assistant to Adam Pearce, Sonya Deville, a little... Uh, the office reference for you, assistant to the <laughs> special advisor or whatever you want to call Adam Pierce, immediately looked to stir the pot between Oscar and Ripley um, when they she tried to pit them against each other in a war of words and battle. Neither Ripley nor Oscar took the bait though, and Flair found herself facing off with both opponents, including a fiery showdown with Ripley. Looking to retake her throne, the queen used her veteran in-ring savvy to command the ring. But her trash talk may have backfired in the way of an increased aggression from Asuka, who blasted Charlotte and Rhea with a bevy of strikes. Charlotte later took down both foes with a moonsault to the outside before they answered with a double suplex uh, to the queen. The action was dizzyingly fast from there as all competitors were trading blows. But with Charlotte knocked out to the ringside, Ripley took advantage by blindsiding Asuka with a riptide, pinning the Empress of Tomorrow for a hard-fought win. And all Flair could do was stare daggers through the nightmare in her coveted championship. So despite having a disadvantage being in the triple threat match, Rhea managed to walk out still Raw Women's Tag Champion against Asuka and Charlotte. Yeah, man. And really, I mean, it's kind of like you and I predicted. Uh, I, I knew she was going to come out on top. Um, I don't think she's really going to lose the title unless it's a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one match with Charlotte. Yeah. And we all know that Charlotte had COVID protocols, and that's mm -hmm. why she wasn't at WrestleMania. Or else it would have been it would have been Charlotte versus Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. So, you know, they they threw in this this next pay per view as as she probably deserves. So you know, right. there you go. Yes, sir. All right, man. So next up, we got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Dirty Dogs taking on the Mysterios. Oh, yes. The underdog gene seems to run deep in the Mysterio DNA. Both Ray and Dominic lived up to the ultimate underdog moniker at the WrestleMania Backlash, overcoming Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to win the SmackDown Tag Titles. Ray was initially on his own uh, thanks to a savage attack backstage on Dominic by the Dirty Dogs during the kickoff show. Though the odds were clearly weren't in his favor, Ray showed he was no stranger to overcoming them. Stunningly, Ziggler and Roode... Oh, stunning... Ziggler and Rude from the opening bell with a picture-perfect game plan of fast-paced offense. But the harsh 2-on-1 reality soon set in as Rude and Ziggler stemmed the tide and took control with frequent tags. A clearly less than 100% Dominic would emerge, taking, uh, taking up on the apron despite Ray's protests out of concern for his son. Dominic would tag himself in while Rude and Ziggler took again the fight to him. He created an opening by beating Ziggler to the punch on a super kick and tagged Ray. <clears throat> Dropping Rude with a 619, Ray took out Ziggler with a t by and after tagging his son, who would deliver a frog splash to, to Rude for the stunning three count, minting the Mysterios as the first father son.
tag team champions in WWE history. Dude, this is crazy. Like, uh, I've watched Dominic all the way back from uh, the Eddie Guerrero days when uh, they had that little bit where Eddie Guerrero was his daddy. So, right, when they were doing I that mean, whole thing. I mean, to see all this now, you know, coming to fruition mm-hmm. is freaking cool, dude. I mean, we we no one could ever say that, you know, there's ever been a father-son duo that's done this. Right. And to have it be the Mysterios as the first one is a great honor. Yeah, this is way awesome. And a dude. great way for um, Mysterio to probably punctuate his career because it probably we won't get him around much longer. Yeah. But it's a good way for him to punctuate his career as the final curtain call for him as a WWE superstar. But the only thing I say about this is this is how this has a bad way of going about, dude. Mm-hmm. They've got the title now. Mm-hmm. And people are going to say that Dominic couldn't do it without his dad. Yeah. This is going to turn into a good storyline. I think Dominic will turn on Ray sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Because he's tired of living under his dad's shadow. Possibly. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Interesting, right? All right. All right. Next up, we had the Lumberjack match featuring Damian Priest versus The Miz. But it was a... Lumberjack manage with a little bit of a twist. The dead was raised at WrestleMania Backlash, and so too was the hand of the Archer of Infamy. Damian Priest defeated The Miz in, as in the most bizarre of Lumberjack matches, overcoming a horde of zombies as well as the A-lister. With the arch-rivals set to square off, zombies overran the WWE Thunderdome, and they stopped Miz and Morrison's every attempt to flee, leaving Miz with no choice but to enter the ring with Priest. While Priest and Miz had to worry about not only each other, but also the undead surrounding the ring, they both made strong accounting of themselves. The zombies eventually struck, though, dragging both competitors to the outside. And perhaps an even, an, in an unevenly, uneven, and perhaps an even unlikelier sequence of events, the two enemies temporarily had to work together to fight off the zombies before returning into the ring. Mm-hmm. Morrison also returned to ringside to try to help the Miz, only to find himself taken captive by the zombies. Priest dropped the A-lister with the Reckoning for a three-count and made a quick exit after the zombies overtook the ring and seized upon the Miz, leaving him to suffer a fate unknown. Man, dude, that's crazy. My only question, though, is, did they eat John Morrison's hair? <laughs> His hair is so bad lately, dude. Have you seen it? It looks like an 80s style freaking like just like glow version nastiness. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this, dude? I don't know, man. <laughs> I've noticed though that since his return, he's very been rarely called the shaman of sexy anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's far from that nowadays. Because so, remember, that was his whole It moniker. looks like a mullet and like freaking a shitload of hairspray too i don't know <laughs> what's going on with this guy i don't know either man it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens here from uh um the from that i'm wondering if this is maybe a uh, part of this weird angle to kind of take the miz out for a little bit because i know him and uh, maurice have been doing some family stuff so maybe he's going to take a little time off right now yeah maybe man uh you know Gotta be a family man every now and then. So Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that one. So next up we had the Women's Smackdown Championship. Bianca Belair taking on Bailey. 
The EST of WWE is still the SmackDown Women's Champion thanks to a gutsy and clever victory as Bianca Belair prevailed over Bailey to retain the title at WrestleMania Backlash. Excuse me. Perhaps surprisingly, though, Belair took clear control from the opening bell using her signature swagger to dominate the much more experienced Bailey. But the role model demonstrated her time-tested ring IQ, wisely regathering herself on the outside before grabbing Belair's earring to take it um, to take the offense and pummel Belair. Bailey ramped up the intensity when she slammed Belair on the steel steps and suplexed her to the outside, suddenly putting the champion on her heels. Having the advantage wasn't enough for Bailey as the role model mockingly derided her rookie opponent. It backfired though in a hurry, seeming to light a fire under Belair, but Bailey would still continue the onslaught, catching her with her foe with a flying elbow and launching her face first into the ring post. Bailey nearly pinned the champion to help uh, with the help of the ropes for added leverage, though the referee was able to catch her red-handed on a second attempt. Belair later shockingly count, uh, kicked out of uh, the Bailey to Belly in the nick of time while the challenger looked to use Belair's ponytail to help apply the uh, rose plant. The EST one-upped her, using it as a creative wrap on Bailey's leg to secure a pinfall. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Can you really call that inanimate uh, objects? Inanimate object? I yeah, don't know. I mean... For an object! <laughs> For an object. Yeah, she was a I mean, it's part of her body, so technically, no? I guess not, right? Mm-hmm. As we already heard it used as a But you're not whip. allowed to pull hair. Well, then again, you you probably shouldn't be allowed to use it as a whip either, but she did that to Sasha exactly. at WrestleMania. So I guess it will depend on how you want to really view it. Yeah, man, you, you know, it is what it is. It is. It's going to be interesting to see um, if Bailey continues to uh, challenge for the SmackDown Championship, or if we eventually get to see the return of Sasha Banks. Yeah, I, I was half expecting Sasha Banks to show up here, but you know, who knows? Maybe she'll wait till SummerSlam. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, next up, WWE Championship Triple Threat Match: Bobby Lashley taking on Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Bobby Lashley would actually use brains instead of Braun to overcome his opposition and retain the WWE Championship against Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre in a mammoth triple threat match at Backlash. The Almighty initially joined McIntyre for a short-lived alliance against Strowman, with the two rivals begrudgingly working together to execute a double suplex on the monster among men. The unlikely duo quickly imploded, though, as Lashley and McIntyre exchanged strikes, and Lashley later ruled the ring with an awe-inspiring spinebuster on the towering Strowman. That was an interesting <laughs> spine buster, to say the least. I was surprised how well he executed that. Hey, man, Bobby Lashley is a beast, and we all know it. Well, that's true. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it. It was just really, like they said, pretty awe-inspiring to yeah. watch. Strowman fired back, though, clobbering Lashley with the steel steps after the action spilled to the outside. But Strowman was sent tumbling over the barricade just seconds later thanks to a huge claymore from McIntyre. McIntyre and Lashley battled throughout the WWE Thunderdome, with the Scottish warrior repeatedly ramming the Almighty into the entrance set before sending him crashing through it, causing an explosion of sparks and seemingly neutralizing the champion. Strowman re-emerged to blindside McIntyre and was on the verge of his first ever WWE title win as the fight returned to the squared circle. McIntyre would uh, dig deep into his arsenal and summon every bit of strength to plant Strowman with the uh, uh, mission... Wait, what? Mishinoku driver and toss Strowman. Mishinoku with a, driver. Yeah, and toss Strowman with a belly to belly to the outside. Moments later, Strowman intercepted McIntyre's claymore attempt and drove him through a announce table with a thunderous powerbomb. Strowman scored a near fall back in the ring, and McIntyre regathered himself to down the monster among men with a claymore, 
putting his third WWE Championship win in sight, but Bobby Lashley stunningly reemerged, tossing McIntyre to the outside, flooring Strowman with a massive spear, and stealing the moment opportunity away from McIntyre for the victory. Big shocker here. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of felt like if Bobby was going to win this, he was going to do it, you know... Kind of dirtily, so. But yeah, that I think that was probably the most shocking fact is he actually didn't do it cheating. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, you know, he didn't use a weapon. He just took advantage of an opportunity that took advantage of an opportunity and won, which, which is easily occurs in triple threat matches. Exactly. So, you know, that's nothing, nothing new. It's not like it's like, oh, that's unfair. Well, it's a triple threat match, and that just happens a lot in triple threat matches. So. It's uh, interesting to see, and it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens between the three as we continue on towards the road to SummerSlam. SummerSlam is one of my favorite pay-per-views, dude. Yours, too. Yes, it is. It's it's heating up this summer, so I can't wait. Right. Of course, we got two pay-per-views before that, but still, SummerSlam is going to be where this all probably comes to a boil between all three competitors. So, WWE Universal Championship was our final match of the night. Main event, Roman Reigns taking on Cesaro. Excuse me. Even after a courageous effort by Cesaro, Universal Champion Roman Reigns still sits at the head of the table. Meanwhile, the Swiss Superman's night ended on the lowest of notes thanks to Seth Rollins. But early on, it became clear that Reigns had underestimated Cesaro as an early flurry put the head of the table on his heels. Special Counsel Powell Heyman shrewdly reminded Reigns to dictate the pace, and he did exactly that, appearing to injure Cesaro's right arm. The big dog continued to brutalize the arm and further injure it, quickly putting the challenger in a desperate territory and leaving him unable to deliver some of his signature offense. As dominant as Reigns was, though, he grew frustrated when he was unable to put away the durable challenger. A mistimed Superman punch attempt by Reigns cleared the way for Cesaro to hit a devastating pop-up uppercut, a comeback early, a comeback catalyst. He kept his foot on the gas, dialing up a spectacular corkscrew plancha to the outside, and back inside he came in with an eyelash of a first world title with a near fall, following a top rope crossbody. The champion took the air out of Cesaro's sails and quickly got a swagger back, battling, uh, battering Cesaro with strikes to the point where he appeared to be out off on his feet. The Swiss Superman's apparent injury proved most costly when Cesaro failed to a neutralizer attempt. And Reigns took advantage of, by countering Cesaro's springboard attempt with a massive Superman punch. Cesaro would escape Reigns' initial attempt at the guillotine, but later found himself trapped in the hole. He seemingly used his last remaining strength to slam the head of the table, and Reigns still refused to relinquish the hold, putting Cesaro out uh, for the referee stoppage. Jay Uso, whose help Reigns eschewed prior to the match after taking issue with him, came to the ring seemingly to repent, presenting the tribal chief with a ceremonial lay and blasting Cesaro with a superkick. The nightmare ending to Cesaro's fairy tale only worsened as Seth Rollins delivered a ruthless beatdown, sickening wedgingly Cesaro's arm in a steel chair before slamming it against the ring post. And then the SmackDown Savior added an exclamation point with a vicious stomp, leaving the man who defeated him at WrestleMania in pieces. Yeah, man. Just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy everything going on here. You know what I'm surprised, though? That, you know, Jimmy didn't get involved. Yeah, that was really surprising that he was uninvolved in this at all. Um, and obviously, Jay was told not to come down to the ring, so that was uh, very interesting as well. Yeah, but Jimmy not coming down, or Jay, was very surprising. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, 
I think maybe it's more or less because Roman wanted to prove himself as well. Maybe. Right. And with the triple threat stipulation being there, if they did get involved, everyone would say, well, they got involved. So, of course, he, you know, he won. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just so that he could prove that he is the head of the table or whatever. Right, without having interference from either of the Usos. Uh, though the Usos will be in, in action for the first time together in a while. This is coming Friday on SmackDown as they take on the Street Profits. So that's going to be interesting to see. Heck yeah, man. It's been a while since we've seen the Usos. That's right. Uh, Uso Penitentiary back in form. <laughs> that's what's up. That'll be fun to see. And of course, some AEW news this past week as AEW announced that AEW Rampage will premiere Friday, August 13th on TNT. And then, of course, both shows, AEW Dynamite and Rampage, will move to TBS starting in January 2022. So, yes, this is what's up, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think maybe it's it's like we talked about? Maybe they're they're doing a cross-band thing so they can bring these companies together, maybe? Maybe because they talked about how they're probably going to start introducing um, a couple tag, tag titles here soon. The uh, trios championship, also the six man um, tag champions as well. So that's going to be interesting to see if that happens. Six man tag. Ch- basically, giving a, a whole faction a championship is basically what they're going to be doing. Title belts. I don't know, bro. It's, Why does everybody get a damn title belt? <laughs> because anybody will then be able to compete for it at any given moment. Whenever they do a match for it. Man, this younger generations and always wanting a trophy or a title belt or whatever it is, they can't just you know, right? You know, they got to make up titles now. It is what it is. That's what I was going to say about that. We won't get into this whole. Come on, let me go on this tangent. Because if we go on this tangent, then we're going to bring in a whole other tangent. We're just going to cause more problems. (laughs) Let's go ahead and just nip this right here in the bud right now, and we'll. We'll save that for another time. Um, unfortunately, um, since we did take Thursday off, um, our 100th episode is now Tuesday on Football NASCAR Talk, um, which doesn't totally bother us a whole lot because that's one of our favorite episodes. It is one of our favorite episodes. So, yeah, it'll, it's going to be a lot funner, I think. I think so, too. I think we'll, we'll probably get more passionate as uh, we got news on the Tebow front and uh, a whole lot more that we get discussed, plus the uh, NFC, AFC um, draft grades in the South divisions. Plus, we're going to be unveiling our new logo. Yes, we have a new logo. So that was the little thing we were going to be introducing tomorrow, but now it's going to be on Tuesday. Of course, tomorrow's episode, please still tune in because we got um, baseball, basketball talk. we got a lot of things to cover in that aspect. Uh, the playoffs just kicked off for the NBA, and already we've had some great games to start today. So we're really looking forward to that oh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be awesome, dude. It's always fun when the playoffs kick off. Then you're like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Makes things a lot more fun. And, uh, and, I'm, and and the Phoenix are going against the Lakers tomorrow. Yeah. Whew. Whoa. That game will be completed by the time we actually do our episode. So we'll probably discuss Did I say that. the Phoenix? I meant the Sun. The Phoenix the Suns. Suns. The Phoenix Suns are taking the Phoenix on the Lakers. Suns are taking on the Lakers. I mean, you're still technically right. It was just location, not their, uh, yeah, yeah. their team. <laughs> um, then, of course, um, we're actually going to talk about the privileges of LeBron James a little bit because uh, of what happened recently. I'm surprised you're even worried about it. He's on your team. <laughs> 
fair is fair to me because yeah. we know if any, if it happened to anybody else, they wouldn't have got a pass. Yeah, that's true. So, so yeah. um, whether it because there was somebody for, in the bubble last year that got 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 suspended from a game for for uh, partying outside the bubble, didn't he, or something like that? He had to. Well, we had the one who got who tried to bring someone into his hotel room and got kicked out of the bubble. Yeah, that's right. Completely from the rest of the bubble. Um, that and then of course also I will talk about some something that uh, the Lakers will have to consider this offseason whether or not they win the title. So talking about AD. Yes. Oh. Anyway, so uh, that will be tomorrow, and of course next Wednesday, hoping everything goes right, we'll be back with worldwide sports talk. Um, we got something interesting in the golf world happening and could happen officially tomorrow. We'll talk about that if it does happen. So it's gonna be fun going to be interesting, man. Can't wait. I can't wait, too. And a lot more, of course, to talk about. And, of course, next Saturday is wrestling talk. So Wrestling talk is always good. That's right. So, I believe even that Even though now that, you know, we've done our recap. And now it's back to the hard work. <laughs> it's back to the hard work where we do three shows. Yeah. It's a good thing we're not uh, going to be covering NXT, too. I thought about maybe doing NXT and... When AEW starts their new show, you know, just kind of do that too. But I don't know because then that's like two nights of wrestling, and it's like wrestling's. I I love the fact that there's so much wrestling going on now. Right. But it's just there's so much to talk about that it's like, oh man, dude. It's, if we it, could dedicate more time to the podcast, we would probably do it. But it's hard for me to dedicate that yeah. much time to the podcast. Yeah. Without my work schedule is so, maybe we'll get there one day and we can just start dedicating more time to the podcast. And well, I mean, if y'all keep listening and start sharing Heck this yeah, podcast you with your friends, and we like can get paid. And we can get paid so I can stop working outside of the podcast. That would be great. <laughs> Definitely. But I got too much bills, so I need the I need the I need the money. <laughs> got bills to pay. Got bills to pay. So if you guys want to help us out, sponsorships. If you're listening, we wouldn't mind some sponsorships too. That help. <laughs> Definitely. I say as I drink a can of Coke. Oh. Good luck there. I know, right? <laughs> oh, wait. They're telling us to be left white. Yeah, oh, let, no. let, let's not get into all that crazy crap. I know, right? Uh. Anyways. So, that will do it for us here on Sports Talk. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.